Hey everybody, this is Mike Wolf. Welcome to the Food Tech Show. Today's conversation is with Veronica Phil, the CEO of Grounded Foods. And if you haven't heard of Grounded Foods, you probably will soon because they're making some pretty delicious plant-based cheese. They've gotten a lot of uh, excitement and interest in their product because people have sampled it. And, and like me, I've actually tried it. I tried it out in February when I was in New York City and it's pretty delicious. And if you haven't heard the story of Veronica and how her husband and she developed this this new plant-based cheese. It's a really interesting one. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Before we get to it, though, I want to encourage you, if you haven't already subscribed to the Food Tech Show in Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, please do so. And if you haven't given a review, uh, please do so. We always appreciate it. All right, that's it for now. And here's my interview with Veronica Phil. All right, well, I'm really excited to have Veronica Phil of Grounded Foods on the podcast. How are you doing, Veronica? I'm excellent. Thank you, Michael. Pleasure to be on. Yeah, and it's the last day of uh, what's been uh, a great year for everyone, 2020. So uh, hopefully we'll end on a, a good note. You've actually had a really interesting year. Uh, you know, I think Grounded was founded in 2019, and you guys were actually in Australia at the time, right? You and your husband? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we started the company in August 2019, and exactly one year later, we closed our first seed fundraising round, and we're living in LA ready to commercialize the product. So it's been a pretty rapid journey for us. Yeah. And you guys are making plant-based cheese and I want to get into it. I've actually, you know, kind of have had a sneak peek at it. So I want to talk a little bit about that, but I think the original concept was your husband wanted to develop a plant-based cheese for his restaurant. What, tell, tell me about that story. Uh, it originally came about because I was at a trade show about four years ago uh, and it was you know around the time when the, the plant-based section at the trade show was really yeah. starting to gain a bit of momentum like to the point where it had its own designated area people were finally starting to pay attention to plant-based food and more you know the culinary innovation around it and getting excited about beyond and impossible and these kinds of products um, but I overwhelmingly noticed a lack of cheese. And at the time, I'm like, well, every Beyond Burger has got to have a slice of cheese on it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and right now, it still doesn't, at least not in the places we're at in LA. Um, and so I, I went back to Sean, who is my co-founder and my husband, um, and at the time had Australia's one of Australia's most popular fine dining restaurants. Um, and asked him to make it for me as a chef, a non-vegan chef uh, who eats a lot of dairy himself. I'm like, replicate this, but <laughs> around these parameters. And that's, Sean loves a creative challenge like that. Like, this is a guy whose most popular dishes at the restaurant were, for instance, a chocolate ganache for dessert that was made from lamb's blood, um, nougat that was made from fish, uh, you know, he's, he just loves tricking people and messing with their heads. Um, and so who better than to crack the plant-based cheese conundrum that's been plaguing plaguing consumers for years? It has. I mean, it's, it's one of these areas where it hasn't seen a lot of great new entrants. I mean, we've seen, mm. like you said, impossible and beyond. Um, and those have really come a long way. The, the milks, all the plant-based milks are great. I mean, Oatly and, and all these that have been around for a long time and doing a really good job in high volume, but mm -hmm. plant, but cheese has been a lot harder. And I think it's because it's so difficult because you have to get all the elements, right? It's the, the flavor, it's the mouthfeel, 
it's that funkiness that you need to get with cheese. And so um, it was quite a test to do that. What, what made you think that you guys could crack, crack that nut? Uh, because we're non-vegan. Uh, we, 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 right. we eat dairy. We know what it tastes like. And yeah. if it doesn't taste, at the end of the day, coming from the restaurant industry, if it doesn't taste absolutely amazing, then you're not going to put it in your mouth and you're definitely not going to buy it again. Uh, so that was the problem to solve first. And I think coming at it from the perspective of a fine dining chef, not a food scientist or a food technologist or someone that, you know, has been handed over the concept and just told to make it out of the, the tools they've got in front of them. Um, it just took someone to come at it from a completely different perspective in order to come up with a completely different formulation because to us, the stuff that was on supermarket shelves right now were not compelling enough for us to buy it instead of just a normal cheddar. Uh, and that's really the problem that we decided to address. So, I mean, I think vegan cheese has been around for a long time. You're absolutely right. It hasn't seen the same level of innovation that we've seen in the milk and the meat categories. Uh, but look, I think the problem is solved for vegan consumers. They've got alternatives yeah. that are okay, like they're, they're tasty products. Um, but what they're not doing the way that beyond or oatly have done is bridge that gap in market so that was the, the side of it that we wanted to focus on not just creating another option for vegan consumers they're yeah. already convinced like they already understand how to eat well and yeah. how to eat sustainably uh, what we wanted to do was help everyone else get over the line not even promoting it as a vegan product just as another another style of cheese that's absolutely delicious and oops, you, you know, you accidentally just ate something that didn't at all involve animals in the, the supply chain. Yeah, it's like, you know, Pat Brown famously has said he doesn't want to just have his product targeted at vegans. He, he wants totally. to actually have meat eaters use it. And so you guys are yeah. taking a similar approach. It's it's kind of this, uh, you want a product that is uh, has the same feel and the taste and the smells of cheese. And it like I said, I, I actually did try it in February, late February. Um, Catherine Lamb, with a spoon at the time, swung by the office and brought back some samples, and it was pretty fantastic. Um, I was surprised that the main ingredient is cauliflower. Why did you guys decide to to use that? Yeah, this is a question for for Chef Sean Quaid <laughs> uh, because it makes sense to absolutely no one, and I still don't know how on earth he came up with that but that's the magic of Sean <laughs> he just very much thinks differently I guess that's why he's created this you know back in Australia had managed to create this cult following around his recipes and the, his style of cooking because he's just using like seriously thinking outside of the box when it comes to ingredients and focusing always on the multi-sensory approach so our restaurant at the time was very focused on the, the multi-sensory experience not just the food alone it was about the smell the the touch you know the, the music the lighting we would hire pretty much everyone other than hospitality professionals for the restaurant so we'd hire engineers um, psychologists musicians actors um, just everyone that we could find that was amazing at their thing and try and incorporate it into the overarching experience to create more of a, you know, a whole sensory journey. And um, when, we, when we came up with Grounded, we wanted to really take that same style of approach of not just 
creating something that looks like cheese or, you know, tastes a bit like it and just does the job, but actually recreating the, the entire sensory experience of eating cheese that makes it so addictive, you know, so satisfying. Um, yeah. And so that journey from like this high-end multi-sensory restaurant to being startup founders living in California, like in, in a little over in a little bit over a year, um, that's a big change. At what point did you go from, hey, I wanted to wanted to make a cheese for a restaurant after seeing it at this at the show to, hey, we're going to do a startup and actually go seek funding. What, talk about the, that, that mindset and what happened there. Yeah, the, the original plan was we were actually going to open our second restaurant in West Hollywood. Uh, this is a long while, like about a year before we even came up with the cheese concept. Um, and the cheese part of it was really just my side hustle. I figured, hey, Sean's come up with a, a great solution to that market opportunity that I recognised. I might just commercialise this as a, a little, you know, a product line that can inject a bit more revenue into the restaurant because we all know that fine dining operates on, you know, frighteningly thin margins. <laughs> so I figured, ah, you know, this might just yeah. support it. Um, and the first investor that we spoke to about the restaurant, I just had this product line in the pitch deck um, and he didn't at all care about the restaurant, but he offered us $2 million straight off the bat to buy the cheese concept from us, just the concept, just take it and run with it, um, which obviously we, we didn't do. Uh, but I immediately went home, read a business plan, and about two weeks later we had got into the Mars Seeds of Change accelerator program with that business plan uh, and that gave us $40,000 of equity free funding that we just used to start the business with the right infrastructure. Um, I convinced Sean to completely give up his restaurant and the career that he'd spent 20 years building. Um, <laughs> That's a big ask. <laughs> yeah, just casually asked him to do that, which he he trusted me on this one. I was You can imagine the conversations. It wasn't an, an easy decision for him and I think there was a lot of fear and uncertainty but I think he would say now that he made the right choice but he I mean you wouldn't have been able to convince him if there wasn't that promise and and you so you guys saw potential that 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 little spidey sense that went off after that meeting and the investor wanted to buy the concept like that was like kind of the light bulb moment where you said hey um, there's this is investable this could be a venture funded startup I, we didn't realize that it would could be a venture started venture funded startup until that offer of two million dollars. That was the moment where we're like, oh, hang on, this could really have legs. Uh, and so we started. Well, we started looking at some of the competitors on the market, and we didn't even realize at the time that there was no one that had ever done out of the ingredients that we had, um, let alone, I guess, creating something that was really high quality, you know, not just based on coconut oil and starches and additives with low nutritional value, um, but also was completely nut-free, soy-free, um, not using any of these typical allergens either. Uh, and to me, coming from the background of being an economist, I, you know, Sean just had to trust me on this one, like, dude, this is, you've done something really big. <laughs> trust me on this. This is really quite different. Uh, and we just went all in on it. Um, we were in that Mars Seeds of Change program for about, oh, I can't even remember, it was 
maybe six weeks. Uh, they taught me how to do my 60 second elevator pitch. Um, I used that to walk up to a venture capitalist at a, at a conference a few weeks later, um, spent five minutes talking to, to him and a week later, we were living in New York with $125,000 in our bank account to commercialize. So was that Andrew with Big Idea? That was Andrew with Big Idea Ventures, <laughs> yeah. Andrew's everywhere. And uh, so, yeah, we know Andrew and that's great. It seems like everyone has a connection to him, especially in all protein. And so that sounds like that conversation yep. went well. And you guys moved to New York. And was the move to New York always an idea you wanted to head to LA still? Yeah, we still wanted to come to LA because the whole, the restaurant concept that we originally had was to do a plant-based restaurant in, you know, the target market that would, we felt, appreciate it. And the cheese was going to be part of the menu for that restaurant concept. Uh, so we we're already heading towards there. We knew that our audience was largely based in California. Uh, but I think going through the Big Idea Ventures Accelerator program showed us that this audience was actually much, much larger. Uh, and in the meantime, a little thing called COVID have, happened to come in as well. So obviously we saw what was, you know, a, a movement that was gradually gaining traction just accelerate tenfold. And now suddenly everyone is wanting to try plant-based options. And we were suddenly on the right side of that investment equation, I guess, in terms of being a product that's focused on food security, sustainability, and you know, the disruption of animal agriculture. I do want to talk about the COVID impacts, particularly around your distribution strategy, because I think there was some, but I was lucky enough to be in New York, like I said, uh, late February, Catherine Lamb had swung by, picked some up and I got to try it. Um, I tried to try the feta, the, the camembert, um, which was delicious. And, but what you tell me, you've, you've made it even better. So you guys have had iterations it's like the Impossible Burger. You're on uh, what version? I don't know what version you're on now, on now, but talk a little bit about the product evolution. It sounds like you you made some changes. I think it's I think it just comes down to the fact that we are the R and D department internally. <laughs> so Sean is changing the recipe literally every day. The the problem is more getting him to stop tweaking the recipe. Like at some point, just stop and start working on the next thing. <laughs> um, but he just he will never stop improving the recipes as more tools are available to us as you know more innovation is available to us then we'll just keep improving it um, we're super excited to look in uh, after we've come out with this iteration start experimenting with other ingredients such as you know ideally work with guys like perfect day and start incorporating it incorporating something like that into the product and see where we can take it from there Oh, interesting. So maybe some true animal proteins using their precision ferment, fermented uh, kind of bioengineering approaches. That could be really interesting. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that or, you know, whatever else comes out in the next few months, who knows at this point, there's so much innovation coming coming out. And you guys have been locked in because we've all been locked into our homes. And But has a lot of the stuff that Sean's been doing been in this new kitchen, you guys, in your home? Uh, is, is that kind of been the R&D department for the past six months? Uh, for the last two years, the R&D department has been our home kitchen with me hovering over his shoulder, <laughs> nagging him, like, when, you know, when is the oven going to be free? I want to make a pizza. <laughs> so I'm so delighted that he's finally got his own private and secure, you know, and comfortable R&D workspace <laughs> without me nagging him. 
So COVID-19 comes, you know, you guys do amidst that kind of that, that time window, you move, do move to California and you guys raised a funding around, I think in the summer about 1.74 million or so we wrote about it at the spoon. Yeah. And I imagine that's helping you to do a couple of things. One, you got a new headquarters, but also uh, the, the rollout, which I think originally was the idea was, you know, in the article we wrote, you still had this idea of high-end restaurants, but from what I've kind of seen lately, it sounds like the rollout is going to be largely direct to consumer um, because obviously things, is that because of COVID? Uh, no, we had a multi-pronged distribution strategy. So we were already prepared to go via every channel. It was just a matter of timing, like which one came first. So initially, since we're already from the hospitality industry, it made sense to go with restaurants first. We already knew a lot of restaurants. So that seemed like an easy way to go about it. Uh, but the other thing we know about restaurants is, as I said, they operate on notoriously thin margins. As soon as COVID hit, we just had to cut that channel off at the limb because we can't, I guess, rely on a restaurant being open even three months, six months from now. Uh, not that we won't sell to them, but I just figured let's not put our focus on that and let's start thinking about everything else that we can do that we still have control over and that I guess is a bit more safe against sudden policy changes or you know sudden shutdowns so direct consumer obviously everyone's going to be at home for a while um, it doesn't hurt us at all just building out that infrastructure from the start because we know that that's the direction that shoppers are going to go in ultimately anyway like you know that they're not going to go back from here after they've experienced that convenience uh, and also thinking about things like you know, where else are these customers going that would have normally gone to restaurants? Probably getting online food delivery kits, um, you know, going to fast casual restaurants that are able to service, you know, through delivery partners like Postmates, Uber Eats, these kinds of things. Um, and then obviously retail. So direct-to-consumer, I mean, has been really hot for emerging CPG brands. And so that makes a lot of sense. What does that look like? So are you going to basically try to, to build a grounded cheese, grounded foods brand through social media marketing? Is it like a Shopify website? Talk a little bit kind of about the, the plan for the rollout. Yeah, it's all ready to go. We've just been laying low until the, the actual cheese is in production so that people don't get even more annoyed waiting for this to finally come out, to be honest. Um, we've got quite a following so far, and I think people have been following us so closely and getting so excited about it that, you know, every week that goes by when they still can't buy the products, they're just getting hysterical. Uh, so we're just keeping that website reveal, you know, on the download for now until the actual day that the products are being shipped. Um, it'll come very suddenly. Uh, hopefully that's going to be around mid-Jan. Uh, and that's is just it, a Shopify store. We've kept it very simple. Pretty simple. And is it basically uh, kind of like discrete one-off purchases? Are you guys going to have like a subscription? Uh, if I want like grounded foods, cheese on the regular, can I get like a monthly? What is what is the business or the different options? We're selling them in three packs at okay. the start. And then, I mean, just strategically, we figured let's not invest too heavily in trying to predict how consumers are going to want to buy it. Let's just see where the demand takes us, start tailoring it from there. So if we find that there's significant enough demand for subscription packs, 
great, we'll go down that route. Um, if we find that people want different mixes of three packs or different types of, you know, maybe they would prefer six packs, maybe they want single ones, who knows? We'll deal with it when we see what the demand actually looks like and base it on the actual data. And you guys have a number of different cheese varieties. I think, like I said, I tried the I tried the, the camembert. I think we had Gruyere. Um, also, there was feta. I think there was like a almost like a Velveeta, like kind of sauce cheese. I mean, you have you guys grown the family, or are those kind of the, state, the the main the main ones you're rolling out with? We're starting with three products. Um, we'd love to come out with thirty five straight off the bat, but. Just for practicality reasons, uh, we're doing the marinated hemp seed goat's cheese, which is the one that looks a bit like feta, but it's based more on Danish-style feta, which is quite soft and silky, um, not crumbly like Greek feta, and it's marinated in olive oil, mm. lemon, thyme, garlic. It's hugely popular where we're from in Australia. It's like Australia's national cheese, uh, but we didn't realise that it was considered a bit exotic over here, so... I think that one might be a bit of a hit. Uh, we're also doing a hemp seed cream cheese, which hey, I don't even eat cream cheese myself. It's just that Sean happened to make one that tasted so identical to real cream cheese that we figured eh, there's probably a market for this. And yep. funnily enough, it's our most popular one with non-vegans. Like they, it, I find that vegan consumers uh, you know, think that it's, all right, it's tasty, but the non-vegan consumers that taste it are just like, this is insane. I love it. I like it more than cream cheese. So great. <laughs> so we decided to bring that one onto the market. Uh, and then the third one is the cheese-free cheese sauce, which, yes, it's designed to function and taste a little bit like Velveeta if, Vel if Velveeta wasn't made of absolute crap. So <laughs> it's ours is made from cauliflower that's been fermented and it manages to achieve the same taste without preservatives so it's a sauce it's not a big giant industrial looking orange block that i would buy no no it's a it, like i eat it squeezed onto burgers because it's got the consistency that it just melts nicely and pizzas mac cheese all of those things that we secretly really love but probably don't post to instagram the thing about cheese that we love everyone loves is just the, the way it just turns out when you cook it and so does the when you melt it and add heat to it is it does it have basically the same characteristics does it do the same thing as, as animal-based milk-based cheese yeah it melts it browns it you know puckers under the grill and sizzles i think the the thing that everyone is trying to replicate however is that stretch that you only get from using casein which obviously is a, a dairy product um so i don't think for something like that, we can't replicate that through cauliflower and hemp seed alone. Uh, and I think that even though we'll tackle it, it's not going to be something that we release immediately. Like we would never release something that claims to replicate mozzarella until it's absolutely perfect. We've managed to come pretty close with all of the other styles of cheeses, but that's one that until that's perfect, we wouldn't try it. And when you talk about maybe working with companies that are building kind of these future food building blocks like perfect day is that an example of like how you might go down that path potentially or sean might just be working on something else up his sleeve we never know with him <laughs> i know that he's got something up his sleeve working with some new plant-based ingredients that he thinks show really high potential uh, but he's pretty secretive about it even with his own wife <laughs> oh man 
<laughs> well, uh, I'm excited to see what Sean is building and what you guys are going to have. Um, I, like I said, I tried the product and I'm excited to try the, the, the final products as you guys ship it out. And so you guys are going to be out hopefully in January, February. And where can people actually order it? Is it groundedfoods.com or? Yeah, www.groundedfoods.com. You can also try veganbystealth.com. It'll just redirect you to us anyway. Um, and yeah, just, that's just our Shopify store. We'll be selling the products as soon as they're coming off the production line. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you so much, Veronica, for taking time with me on the last day of 2020. Hopefully 2021 will be a better year for everyone, uh, including with some some really good plant-based cheese. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Thank you, Michael. All right. Talk to you soon.